to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. My name is Marissa Lordanik. We've got two bonus pods coming up talking about the upcoming W League finals. So we've got two guests today joining me, Anna Harrington, Angela Christian-Wilkes and Sam Lewis. So let's crack into the first of our special bonus pods. So the next of our finals preview pod guests is the number one from Brisbane Raw, Georgie Worth. We're absolutely stoked to have her on. Welcome, Georgie. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. Georgie, you had huge shoes, or I guess gloves to fill, with the Matildas number two, Mackenzie Arnold, leaving for Europe. Were you nervous about all of that coming into the season? And how did you handle those expectations? Yeah, I, I think it's hard not to be nervous when you're trying to step into the space of a Matildas goalkeeper. So I think there was definitely expectations. Um, but I think what really helped was, was Jake. He was pretty upfront saying, um, obviously Mackenzie's left, like there's, there's a gap, there's a number one spot to be filled. So he was clear that Morgan and I were going to have to compete for that spot um, and try and take that opportunity. So, yeah, it's been challenging, but it's also been exciting because it was um, a couple of years in the making um, having that opportunity to play. So it's just been nice to, yeah, have the chance to be out on the field. What does it do? Um, for Because so often you see in the W League, a lot of clubs just have one goalkeeper and the other one is effectively a bench warmer. But you guys have genuine competition there. Like, how is that for you as a, as a goalkeeper, knowing that you guys are? You know, you're properly in competition. You're both quality keepers who can step up. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think it's it's probably what the league needs, especially for us younger keepers coming through. Because for a while there, I, I kind of had that, that knowledge that I wasn't going to play unless there was an injury or a red card. Realistically, there was, there was no way that I was going to get put on the field. So I think um, to have the chance, like a genuine opportunity where every week you need to be training your best and every time you get a chance to be on the field, you have to play your best. Um, it, it means that you're never safe and it means that every time that you take the field, you have to give your best effort and there's no complacency, uh, which I think is important. Yeah, and we're coming into like, well, just ended a very successful season for Brisbane Raw and we're coming into the final series. This will be your first final series. Um, how are you feeling right now? Are you doing anything, thinking about it, not thinking about it? Where are you at? Um, I'm excited. It's, yeah, as you said, it's the first opportunity that I'm going to have to potentially play a finals game. So um, that's super exciting. It's obviously a little bit nerve wracking because it's going to be um, an important game, but I'm just trying to treat it like any other game. I think the more pressure I put on myself and the more nervous I get, um, the worse it'll be. So, yeah, I'm just trying to focus on on it as another game and, and trying to enjoy the experience rather than, um, yeah, thinking about how daunting it's going to be. Do you have any sorts of, like, routines or rituals or superstitions that you go through, particularly when it comes to big games like this? No, I'm actually pretty laid back. So I, I'm not going to change anything just for the game either. So... My, um, yeah, my preparation for the game is pretty laid back. I don't like to do a whole lot. I just like to listen to a lot of music and, you know, go out for brekkie or have a coffee in the morning. And, and when I get to the game, I'm very much just, yeah, go through the motions, listen to some tunes, have a chat to the girls. So I'm not going to change that. Um, that's kind of the way that I like to do it. And it's, it's been fine for me so far. So I'll just keep doing that. Do you have a favourite brekkie? I know that Lisa Devanna mm-hmm. likes to have French toast before she plays big games. Really? Yeah. I was I always used to be like an avocado on toast kind of girl, but 
we've um we've got nutritionists this season and they they actually told us to avoid having avocado on toast so <laughs> that's been a little bit disappointing because there's there's a little bit of guilt associated with that now so yeah I don't know it, it depends what I'm feeling on the day that there, there doesn't have to be the same meal every game day it has been a bit of a unique build-up I guess to this final series Georgie in this in the sense that Brisbane's been in lockdown um I mean, one, how has that affected? I know you guys had training exemptions, but one, how's that affected your week? And two, what do you expect this weekend? Are you gonna are you expecting to play victory at home? Um, in terms of the lockdown, yeah, like you said, we did get an exemption to train, which has been great um, because it hasn't really impacted our training preparations. I guess personally for me, it's actually been kind of nice just to be at home for a couple of days and and not have to be running around to uni and, and work and all that. So if anything, it's been a good opportunity just to kind of settle and, and focus on training and, and just recovering in between. And then in terms of the weekend, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. Um, they obviously announced this morning that our lockdown's ending at lunchtime today. Um, but what that means for, for other states and, and their travel arrangements, I'm not sure. So at the moment, we're planning as if we're playing at home, but obviously we need to be prepared just in case we can't and we'll have to travel to Melbourne. And just on that, you smacked victory last time they came up there. Like it was a pretty testy draw down in Melbourne, but you thumped them um, last time around. Like how much do you take out of that? I know they've sort of found a bit more form since, but you got to take a fair bit out of that. Yeah, I think that'll give us a little bit of confidence leading into the game. But I guess with finals football, anything can happen. And, and as you said, they have definitely built um, some form since that game. So We'll have confidence from that, but we're definitely not going to take it lightly because, you know, they've had massive wins um, over Perth and and City as well. So I think in that respect, we can't take them lightly and, and we'll kind of put the past performances um, to the side and just focus on the game on the weekend. And obviously it's been circulating around. There'll be some notable omissions from um, your team coming into this final series um, how do you, I guess, as a squad prepare for that, um, I guess, mentally and in terms of lineups and that sort of thing, what's happening there at the moment with the likes of Polks and Gilnick off overseas? Yeah, obviously that's, um, that's going to have an impact on us. Um, would be lying if we said we weren't disappointed that, that we lost those players. Um, but I think what's good for us is we've got quite a lot of depth in our squad and and we do have plenty of talented players to fill those positions. So I think it's actually a good opportunity for those players to really step up um, because we're going to need them to do that in finals um, if we're going to be competitive. So it hasn't it hasn't really impacted the mentality of the group. Um, we've got the support of Emin Polks and they'll definitely still be um, vocal and present as much as they can um, for the game. But, yeah, it's just a great opportunity for players to really step up and, and take on the game. So it's exciting. And George, you've actually been one of the rare W League players this season who has been surrounded by Matildas for most of the campaign. Mm. What what have they brought to to you and to your teammates in terms of guidance or professionalism or support or advice? Like, what do they bring? For me personally, I think having those um, players as a presence on the field kind of helps um, me feel calm and and in control so especially having Polks in front of me um, she's the sort of player who she's quite composed and calm and leads by example and I think that rubs off on on everyone around her so for me it's been um, 
quite reassuring to have those experienced players around me and give me guidance and support. Um, so, yeah, I've found it immensely helpful um, and I've learned a lot just from being able to watch them play and, and listen to the advice and the support that they've been giving me. And Georgie, it does feel like despite having some of those experienced heads, it's, it's been a season at Brisbane where some young players have really, really come to the fore. I guess um, Jamila Rankin's one good example, but it seems like it is almost a bit of a new, a new generation at Brisbane, which has always been a team so dominated by the same personalities. Has, has it been enjoyable having that sort of younger, larger majority younger playing group? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, there was a lot of concerns leading into this season about um, missing some of those older more experienced players but I think it's really shown that there's lots of um, young exciting players coming through and and all they've really needed is the opportunity to play so I think it's been really nice to see those girls get the exposure that they haven't really had before um, and they've really demonstrated um, the the talented players that exist so um, I'm really proud of players like Jamila and Winnie who have really stepped up and and shown yeah how great they can be and and I guess um, you know say to the naysayers that you know although we are missing these talented players it's it's given an opportunity some to some of the future Matildas um, that could be coming through. Yeah and I guess um, there were some teams this season that were un, like unlucky to miss out on finals who really came into form in that sort of last quarter I'd say um are there any I guess from that group that you'd be scared to come up against next year um or who you think will be contending in the future I think um Adelaide have obviously been the team who have shown that having stability in a squad over a couple of years can um kind of produce a very cohesive team so I think they're definitely going to be if they can retain the squad that they've had this season they're going to be um yeah, quite a challenge next season. Um, they, they only just missed out by goal difference, which is obviously disappointing for them, um, having not made finals before. But I think, yeah, teams like um, Wanderers and, and Adelaide, who were quite competitive, but unfortunately they only started to build that momentum by, you know, when it was too late. Um, so I think for a lot of teams, it's going to be important to try and keep um, majority of their playing squad together and just build that momentum um, for next season. Yeah, the issue of the length of the season is one that I think the W League and W League fans and W League players have been sort of screaming about for years and years and years. When you look into the future of your career, though, Georgie, like what would you like to see happen with the W League more generally? Um, obviously, the, the big one's got to be the contract length and the length of the season because um, we can't be professional footballers for four or five months of the year um, and only play 12 to 14 games like it's just not it's not enough game time it's not enough contract security and for those of us who um, can't go overseas for whatever reason or aren't quite um, able to do that just yet we're having to go and, and play MPL which um, the standard's getting better but it's it's not where we need to be if we want to really develop players in the country so that's obviously the first one and with that will come um, the, the wages. So if we can have longer contracts, better wages, um, it means that we can actually focus on football. So for me personally, I'm studying full time, I'm working and I'm training. So, you know, I don't have all of the time to be focusing on, on soccer alone. So if I could have that, that contract security and, and the wage to support that, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the quality, but I can... 
be pretty confident that it's going to improve. Well, and how important is that? We've just had the announcement where we're recording on Thursday, you know, Brisbane's going to be one of the, the host venues for the Women's World Cup, like us here in Melbourne and Sydney, it's the same. Like how big is it? To, well, how important is it to get this professionalisation, I guess, given we're going to be showcasing our football to the world? Yeah, it's massive. And I think it's a great opportunity for, for things to kind of to happen because the league's been around for quite a while now and, and there's been very little change um, really, in the, especially in the last couple of years. So hopefully it's the catalyst for, for things to change and to change quickly because if we want to um, make the most of the opportunity and, and change the landscape of football, we need to do it quickly um, because we've got a couple of years to to not only field a competitive team but get all the structures in place so then all the young players coming through are going to have, um, you know, the, the opportunity to play football competitively. So, yeah, I think it's the World Cup so exciting because we've, we're going to have a lot of attention, there's a lot of investment, um, but it is, it's crucial that we uh, make the most of it while we can. Just uh, you got a special inclusion for finals. You've probably known her for a while. Sunny Franco coming over from the Jets. She hit form at the right time. Like she started scoring goals and then you've, uh, you've nabbed her up. Yeah, it's, it's funny how that's worked out. So Sunny is actually in Queensland at the moment. Obviously, she's from, from here and she's got family here. So um, obviously losing Em and Polks, we needed to fill those contract spaces. And one of them went to Holly McQueen, which is awesome. She's a local uh, defender. So that's really well deserved. And then, yeah, timing-wise, it worked out well with Sunny coming back to Brisbane and we've been able to add her experience to the squad. And, um, yeah, I played with her in my first season here, which was good fun and we're quite good friends. So I'm looking forward to having her back and I think she'll add some competition to the squad and, and make sure everyone's working hard to earn their place for the game. Does she chat as much as she looks like she does on the field? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> she, yeah, she's a character. She's she's wild. Um, she's outspoken. She's funny. She's bubbly. So, um, it's, it works quite well. A lot of us know her already, so I think she'll slot into the group quite um, quite well. And yeah, she'll be quite enjoyable to have around. I guess maybe I'll just ask the last sort of question, um, Georgia, of the three teams that. Uh, sort of in the top four, who most scares you? And particularly when it comes to their strikers, because we've got some of the most informed strikers in the league in these three sides. So who scares you and who would you most like to play if you reach the final? It's funny. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, especially before last night's game. And it's really, really difficult to, to kind of split the teams because they've all got um, different attacking threats that are that are dangerous in their own right, um, but at the same time we know that we can we can compete with any of these teams. So I think um, I think the victory game is going to be quite challenging. I think they're probably the side that have um, built momentum coming into finals, um, and they're not really missing any key players um, like unfortunately unfortunately Sydney are. So I think. Um, Melbourne victory is going to be a great challenge. I'm actually excited to play them, but I do think they're going to be um, one of the tougher teams just based on the form at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's almost a case of whoever we're going to be playing, they're going to be hard and we're going to have to be at the top of our game to beat them. So, yeah, bring it on, whoever it is. This is just a nosy question. Um, what mm. are you studying at the moment? Um, I'm studying exercise physiology. So I'm in my final year, which has been a long time coming. Um, so I'm excited to graduate and kind of see what I can do with that. But 
it's also going to be nice to graduate and be able to focus on soccer for a little bit without having to study full-time. Awesome. Well, all the best with your final assignments and exams, etc. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have you thought about moving overseas, Georgie, following the likes of Macca and Lids? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, the biggest thing, obviously, I haven't had a lot of game time in the league um, in the last couple of years. So this season's been massive for me in getting that. So the plan is um, finish uni, graduate that, um, hopefully have another stint in the W League where I can get some game time and then use that as a bit of a springboard into Europe if I can. Um, and I'll have the, the freedom to move around and pursue that once I do graduate, which is very exciting. Well, you've definitely been putting in the performances this season that show that you're a bloody good keeper. So we wish you all the best for the finals. We can't wait to watch you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for that. And it's been great chatting to you guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Georgie. Appreciate you giving the time for us. You and your biggest fan in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Should have moved that out of the way. I waited like um, 15 minutes to make oh, that joke. yeah, you did. So yeah, much restraint. Yeah, don't forget it. Don't forget it. The next in our finals preview pod is the Melbourne Victory captain herself, Angie Beard. Thank you so much for joining us, Angie. That's okay. Thank you guys for having me. Angie, uh, I guess first, commiserations on um, the loss for Sydney, missing out on the Premier's plate, but I guess you get to make up for it pretty quickly. Um, Trip to Brisbane, um, your old mob. Uh, How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, it'll be the the third game in uh, one week, which has its challenges already. mentally physically and yeah we've now found out last minute who we're playing in the semi-final so in terms of preparation uh strategy wise and tactics it's a very quick turnaround uh obviously not the way we wanted to go out last night with the loss against Sydney but in terms of before that game uh we looked in form we won I think six of the seven and seven undefeated, which is a good little record to be going into finals with good consistency. And in terms of the girls' mentality, uh, we move on, we move forward, and we focus on uh, the other trophy that's available to us. Yeah, and um, Victory have definitely had a lot of momentum coming into this final series and I guess the last third of the season. Have there been any habits or anything that you've changed um, with the drawing board or anything like that with training that may have influenced that and seen that positive or those positive outcomes? Yeah, I think the main thing is with COVID and then in Sydney getting rained out, it's hard to plan for a game that you're not even sure is going to be happening or you're not playing the people that you think you're going to be playing. Uh, so in terms of any changes at training, it's more so just focusing on us and what we can control going to games how we're going to attack teams, how we want to defend uh, and just trying to play into our strengths more so than trying to find weaknesses in other teams. Uh, I think that's probably been the main change with our training. In terms of changes as well, like Melbourne Victory had quite a big turnover of players in the off-season and yet now you look like you've been playing together for years and years. What, what do you put that chemistry down to? Yeah, it's a team full of familiar faces. Uh, there's a lot of MPL girls that have played with each other or against each other, especially the Victorian League. We have a lot of Berlin girls, South Melbourne have come through and obviously Calder have snagged a lot of spaces uh, with players like Polly Doran, myself and Mindy coming back from Sydney uh, and her ACL injury. It's, it's great to see all the girls come together. Uh, some of us 
in the NPL have a bit of white line fever, myself included. But when you put on a jersey uh, of the same colour and the same team, it, it's difficult to not have that joint goal and want to work together. Just to bounce off that, Angie, like obviously you lost Laura Brock. Um, Casey had her um, her injury as well. Like those are two really, really senior figures who'd been excellent for you for a good couple of seasons. And it seems like you've almost just been able to cover the losses and, and bounce forward. Like how have you managed to get that defensive group so solid and so well connected? Because they've really been a highlight of the of the whole W League season, to be honest. I'm really glad you say that because defenders often get a bit of a a little sweep under the rug. Like if you do your job properly, then that's that's good for you. But uh, in terms of replacing someone like Loz and Casey, Casey's a, a fantastic player and it was a big loss. Uh, Gabby's really stepped up this year. I know she's had experience in the Argentinian national team and going to World Cups, being here uh, last year or the year before with the Cup of Nations. It's great to see her stepping up and being more vocal as well. And in terms of filling that gap with Laura Brock, I think Kayla Morrison is, is doing a fantastic job. She's vocal, she's strong in terms of winning headers and aerial challenges. Kayla is is up there. She's a threat and frightening to play against in the NPL. So to have her in our league playing for us um, is great. And then obviously having Claudia Bunge and Polly Doran on the other side, they're really gelling well together. They're like two peas in a pot off the field. So having them on the field, having a bit of chemistry and working off each other, it's great to see. So I'm happy. I'm happy with our defensive unit this year as well. The defensive unit has also meant that some other people benefit. You've been donating to Beyond Blue every time you guys keep a clean sheet. What was the thinking behind that? Yeah, so the years previous, um, obviously not last year considering we didn't have a league because of COVID, uh, the year before, when I was with uh, with Calder, I think I was second on the ladder. At the time, it was Calder, uh, Catherine Zimmerman, myself, and then Alex Sinclair at the top of the Golden Boot ladder. Um, quick little flex for myself. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's massively important mental health uh, before COVID hit, and now with COVID, it's something that's really rised up, and it's not something that you want to see in people. Uh, who play sport or, or don't play sport, but especially elite athletes. Uh, my own personal journey, I mean, being in Iceland and having to go through all of those quarantines and the challenges that arise, being by yourself in an overseas country uh, with COVID, let alone just by yourself, um, is quite challenging. And I always stand for mental health. And I think Beyond Blue have a really good thing going and the information that they give out and the support they give people is awesome. So. Um, obviously, it's not helping my bank account uh, with us having so many clean sheets this year. But yeah, it's it's great to give back. I always want to do more in that type of uh, area of my life. I'd love to volunteer more, but especially in W League season, I can't commit to really anything um, solid like that. So if all I can give is money right now, then that's that's what I'm going to do. Going off the topic of COVID, you mentioned that there's been a lot of challenges like at W League and being in Iceland as well. Um, I guess, have there been, you've touched on this a little bit, but have there been any lessons, I guess, or any positives that you've been able to take um, out of these situations or any, for yourself, anything that you've learned along those challenges? Yeah, I think it's just um, about not so much leaning on people, but just reaching out more. I mean, it's classic situation right now with us being on Zoom. 
uh, FaceTiming more people, texting people, reaching out to check if everyone's okay. Uh, and then in terms of positives in a regular day life, it's mm, on a personal level, I'm not trying to downplay any, any kind of negativity that happens, but on a personal level, it's really raised accountability for myself. If I'm locked in my house 24 seven, I can't say, oh, I don't have time to study or foam roll or stretch or do a quick workout. Like there's no excuses there to, to distract you from a certain purpose or a certain routine that you want to be doing. Yeah, Angie, I remember when you and I spoke when you were in quarantine, when you just got back from Iceland and you recounting that incredible story of having to go into various kinds of lockdowns because coronavirus had swept through your club in Iceland in at different stages. Has that put you off going back to Europe? Like, I don't think anyone would blame you if you just wanted to hang around in Australia for a little bit longer, or are you thinking about going back? Um. It's kind of 50-50. If Chelsea knocked on my door, I'm not going to say no. Um, but in terms of trying to get a bit of regularity in my life, a bit of consistency, uh, yeah, it's, it's very challenging to say that I would never go back there, considering the leagues that are over there and the players that are over there. Um, but at this moment in time, I'm quite happy to go home and see my dog and spend time with my family. Um, I'm fine with that as well. Yeah, just to, I guess, bounce off that, Angie, you, I think, got called into a Matildas camp quite young and you are sort of involved in junior levels. Is, it some, is that something that you set your sights on in the future? Like, because you've clearly kicked on a lot at W League level, you changed clubs, you're now the captain of that club, you've had put together a lot of very good seasons. Is that where you'd like to see your football go in the future? Yeah, of course. I think that's something that a lot of the girls now, especially with the 2023 World Cup coming up, uh, that's something that we're all setting our sights on. Uh, personally, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to be uh, in the national team. Uh, I've always wanted to be an Olympian since I was a, a very young girl. Uh, and in terms of camps, yeah, I had a taste at a young age. Uh, in Iceland, the Matildas were going to do a camp in Sweden, um, but that got cancelled out because of COVID. I was on the shortlist for that as well. Um, and then with the camps that are coming up now, uh, with the Germany and Netherlands uh, friendly games. That was also something that I was on the email list for, along with a lot of reoccurring names there that are in the league right now. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an important time right before the Olympics for the team, but uh, for girls like myself, like, I guess I'll name drop, I guess Isabel Dalton, um, Lena Ayers, Mindy Barbieri and our team, we were all kind of on the list. Kyra Cooney-Cross, that's a big name as well out there. Uh, we're all kind of on that fringe, on that long extended list where we're sniffing for that spot on the squad, uh, sniffing for an Olympic Games for a look in at the World Cup in the next three years. You just um, named some, play, like Mindy and, and Kyra have had massive seasons um in my opinion at victory um with your captain's hat on is there anyone who's like I guess progress or journey this season you're especially proud of um and who you think has had a really um big impact yeah uh, a couple of names come to mind uh Kyra Cooney Cross has stepped up a lot at the start of the season she said she wanted to be a leader she said she wanted to be more consistent and Judging from her wondrous experience, how successful that was, bringing that back here home uh, has been awesome. I think 
Polly Doran has done really well at that right fullback. Uh, primarily, she's been a right wing and a substitute in the MPLW here with Calder. And she's come on and she's played, I think, almost every minute of every game that we've had. And she's been performing week in and week out very, very well. And I'm very impressed with her. Um, and I guess Kayla Morrison coming in from MPL as well. She's really impressive and she's becoming more and more confident in her role in our team. And I, I think she would be a mainstay in the next few years, I would hope. Angie, um, this, you've had a victory team that's really been up there and thereabouts. Obviously, the team that won the Premier's play last year's semi-final. Like, what what do you reckon special about this year's edition um, that you can maybe take those extra steps and and grab the other type of silverware? Yeah, uh, I think with the girls that we've got, it's sometimes. You know, when you're young and you join a, a W League team or you join any team and you have no fear and you have no doubts and there's no kind of, you're just a reckless kind of player sometimes. And having all these girls come up from the NPL, getting a sniff of W League, not feeling so much a pressure put on you by either the media or your, you know, your peers around you even, I think that's something that's a little bit underrated, having that recklessness and having that, I wouldn't say youth confidence because the girls aren't all that young um, is something that's really important. And then obviously having players such as uh, Amy Jackson, who's been in the league for quite some time, Lisa Devanna and even Annalie Longo being at Olympics and World Cups. That's, that's some great additions to our team who kind of lift us up on the field with their performances, but then off the field with their leadership. So this season you were captain. Um, I'd love to know how that sort of conversation came about um, with, with Jeff and what the sort of expectations were, were around you being captain and what responsibilities you sort of had there. Yeah, uh, I guess with Jeff, we've had a fairly long-term relationship now. He was my assistant coach in Brisbane Raw, I think in the 2015 to 16 season before he left and got the job here at Melbourne Victory. Uh, I've been at Melbourne Victory now for five years, uh, which does and doesn't sound like a long time. But for me, it feels like a long time. I feel like I've been in this team for for yeah more than five years. But in terms of personally uh, playing consistently, uh, being a personality that's suitable to leadership roles or suitable to it kind of sounds like you giving yourself a bit of a pep talk <laughs> um, in terms of, yeah, stepping up to being a captain. It's something I've always wanted to do, uh, leading a team and, and having like, my girls, my squad that I can take um, the reins kind of thing and lead by example and lead with, uh, you know, attitude and mentality wise. Uh, in terms of the conversation coming up, uh, we did have a lot of, senior players leave tats or obviously going to italy and gilnick searching opportunities uh, overseas it's it's i wouldn't say a natural progression because you don't have to be a captain to progress your career in the w league but in terms of what i always wanted and the relationship that i have with the girls and with jeff i think that it wasn't a surprise when we had that conversation come up and we eventually came to the conclusion that I would be wearing the armband this year. 
You named some some sort of pretty big characters there, Angie. Do you model your own captaincy and your own leadership off those players? Or are, are there any other players in the league who sort of inspire you in that leadership sense? Yeah, definitely. I've been pretty lucky in terms of my experience. Uh, the captains that I've had, one here being Natasha Dowie, but just growing up with Claire Polkinghorn being my captain, those are two vastly different players I would say as captains uh, obviously as a central defender versus a, a number nine mentality is already a little bit different uh, I've been pretty lucky to have those examples for me in terms of being a captain myself obviously I'm a I'm my own person but then at the end of the day those those types of players really shape you and really show you what you should be aiming for and striving to be and I remember my first game as captain I was versing we were versing Brisbane Raw and Claire Polkenhold was the captain. And I think I was quite emotional that game uh, when we were just doing the handshakes and the coin flip that it's kind of like a full circle of life where, you know, I start my career and Polk's is someone who I'm looking up to and, and striving to be like. And then now towards, you know, the middle of my career, I'm, I'm shaking hands with her and we're, we're captains together. I thought that was very special for me. Another special moment this season, Angie. Your first goal um, for victory. Did one? Did you mean it? Two. How, how special was it? Um, I did mean to put it into an attacking area, very close to the goal. I did mean that, uh, but and it was very special. I've scored two goals in my entire W League career, and they both look like shot crosses <laughs> but I mean by definition probably they looked like shot crosses but yeah it, it was a very special moment for me and it ended up being a very important goal in a very important game against Canberra. I just want to uh, bounce off a question that Angela asked a couple of questions ago which is you, know, you, you spoke at very highly about some of the players in your own team whose journeys and whose growth you've really admired if you look outside of Melbourne Victory, are there any other players whose sort of growth this season you've really enjoyed? Yeah, I, I think the main players that have just jumped to my mind are individually uh, Grace Ma. I think she's really stepped up this year for Canberra. She's scoring goals. She's setting up goals. And she's still very young. She's younger than me and she's a leader on the field and she's setting great examples for the girls around her. And another player who I think is highly underrated in the league anyways is Isabel Dalton. I know she hasn't really spent that much time in the league considering she's been overseas, but she's, she's got, I'm pretty sure, six or seven assists this year. And that's either the highest or up there with it. And her development, uh, we grew up together playing in under-17s and under-20s. So seeing uh, her and myself kind of go on a journey that's, different but the same and now this season playing against each other and having a fairly successful season I think she's doing great um, but I think it's hard to rule out basically the whole Adelaide United team um, they've been together for a number of years now and they're still working and working hard and this season coming so close to making the semi-finals for this first time that was I mean it, it's I'm glad that we're in the semifinals, but to not see them in the semifinals, it's it's a bit rough. A bit of a very niche question here, Angie. We were chatting to Georgie Worth from Brisbane earlier. Um, you probably know her from back in back in the day, but she was saying that they got told that they're not allowed to have Avo on toast on game day anymore. 
by their dietitian. Is that something you've had to cop? Like, have you guys got a similar sort of situation or can you just do what you want? Uh, I wish that we would have that because, I mean, it's it's not a very popular opinion, but I hate avocado. <laughs> No. I, I, I live in Melbourne, probably the heart of avocados, and I hate avocados. So, I mean, I, I don't really see the problem with that. Um, but I, I don't think there's been any restrictions in terms of what we eat um, or any kind of different preparations for games uh, leading into semifinals. But, I mean, that's good to hear. That's good to hear that there's no other toast. <laughs> A stitch up for them and uh we're talking about you have obviously been in melbourne a few years now um what's your go-to coffee spot um there's this place on sydney road in brunswick and it's right in front of a tram stop but it looks a little bit hidden so it's it's not that popular but it's it's amazing it's called green refectory Yep, I know. Yeah, the coffee's good, but the whole entire menu is insane. There's French toast there for seven dollars, <laughs> and so it's very sizable. It's very sizable. You could have, if you hadn't named it, I could have been like, "That's that's most cafes on Sydney Road yeah. <laughs> sort of tucked away." Yeah, there's about fifty in the same radius, but. And Angie, do you have like a, speaking of sort of food and breakfast and things, do you have like a, a routine before game day or even before big games? Like, is there something that you always need to eat, something that you always need to do to sort of prepare? Uh, I don't really like suspicions or like uh, routines usually because, you know, if you have a lucky pair of socks and you forget them, they're in the wash, then you can't play properly or you have some kind of bad luck I'm not really about that too much um, but I have been taking cold showers recently right before games um, it uh, depending on the times if it's at four o'clock usually we're leaving when I normally take my game day nap so I have to have a cold shower to kind of wake me up um, and then yesterday I got these new earrings and I wore them to the trip to Sydney and maybe I'll, I won't ever wear them again we'll see how we go <laughs> Just just to bounce off the, the Melbourne thing again, um, Angie, you moved here when you were pretty young. Like you were still, because you were very young at Brisbane when you were playing there. Um, one, I guess, what prompted the move and what have you gotten out of making a move at such a young age? Because it seems like you clearly got out of your comfort zone very, very early on. Yeah, uh, I had three seasons with Brisbane Raw. Uh, very enjoyable time. I love playing in my home city. The reason that I left uh, Jeff Hopkins contacted me and asked me if I wanted to come down to Melbourne. Uh, I think it's a pretty typical, uh, like stereotypical thing where all the Brisbane girls want to come down to Melbourne and all the Melbourne girls want to like go up to Brisbane. Like there's some weird uh, thing where Brizzy girls love Melbourne and Melbourne girls love Brizzy. Uh, I kind of was on that train at that point in my life where I just loved the idea of Melbourne. Uh, I moved down, uh, lived in the off season with my partner at the time and then I bounced into the W League house and then into the colder house and then back and forth uh I think in terms of things that I've learned I think I'm a pretty good cook uh I've learned to appreciate my mum and everything that she's done for me uh and yeah I think I've just become more responsible for myself which is obviously a big thing in terms of uh, growing up and then being a footballer as well if you're going to go overseas if you're going to go uh, to a club that's going to elevate you in your career you need to be able to 
take care of yourself off the pitch so you can perform on the uh, on the pitch. I guess quickly. So you have quite a lot of um, semi-finals experience, and that goes back quite a long time. Um, is there anything that you've learned over the years that you'll be taking into this game in terms of those previous semi-finals that you've competed in? Uh, I think. Personally, I normally have fairly good finals games. I get semi-nervous, semi-excited. And in terms of what I've learned, I think that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be nervous. And I said this last night. Uh, obviously, it didn't really lead to the, the premiership, but hopefully if I put it out there again for the championships, is that it's actually not bad to be nervous. Uh, it's a sign that you actually truly believe that you can win something and you have the opportunity to win something. If you weren't nervous, if you didn't think you could do it, like there wouldn't be that much pressure on you. So it's actually a good thing to be nervous. It's a good thing to have that energy inside of you, that adrenaline pumping that's going to maybe push you to do things that you wouldn't normally do in a normal game or push you to make an extra tackle or an extra sprint or that that's something that you wouldn't normally put yourself through but because it's some it's a game where there's no second chances there's nothing else that's left on the table that you just put 100% or more than 100% somehow out of you you're clearly hungry Angie what would it mean to you to to break this sort of drought and and be be the one holding up that trophy on grand final day yeah it would be very special on a personal level to be my first year as captain and raising that championship uh, trophy but on a team level we've been working so hard all season we've basically had to rebuild a lot of our team a lot of our structure and the way that we play with the players that we have so having that having that championship feeling I, I haven't won the championship before I haven't been to a grand final before even so having that uh, experience will just be incredible for myself and for the girls especially it'll be yeah it'll be amazing to to be able to do that. Angie, thank you so much for jumping on to have a chat to us today. We wish you the best of luck against the Roar on Sunday and hopefully we can have you on for another chat later in the year because it was absolutely so much fun to have you on. So thank you so much. Yeah, I would love that. Thanks for having me, girls. Thanks, Angie. Appreciate it, especially after doing all your, all your other Zooms. We appreciate the effort. And, uh, you must be yeah. exhausted. Yeah, you must be. No, wrecked. that's okay. I love a good chat. Honestly, I love a good chat. <laughs> I could chat all day long. It's fine. Is it nap time now? Yeah, I was going to say, it's past <laughs> four. <laughs> uh, I've had too many coffees today. I, I don't think I'll be able to nap. <laughs> Fair enough.